This week's episode made possible by our friends at Independent Bank. You can learn more about them at i-bankonline.com. Good morning, Memphis. I hope you are having a wonderful Tuesday morning right here in the 901 or wherever you happen to be listening to us from this morning. If you just happen to change that dial and are just now joining us, you are listening to Meanwhile in Memphis on WYXR 91.7 FM. I am your semi-regular co-host, Anna Thompson, affectionately known around these parts as A.T., And I am flying solo today, dear listener, so look out. To those who um, may not know about the organization behind Meanwhile in Memphis, we are New Memphis, a local leadership development nonprofit that is transforming Memphis through the power of connection, which you will hear about later today. And as part of that, we have a full menu of leadership development programs, from college students all the way to C-suite executives with everything in between including our city's wonderful educators who are so dear to our hearts. Another way that we um, transform Memphis through the power of connection is our oh-so-fabulous community engagement events. And one other way is through this radio show in partnership with WYXR. So I'd encourage you to go over to newmemphis.org to learn more about all that we do here at New Memphis and see how we celebrate our city. So now, For today's installment, I'm very excited to bring you Miss Lakeisha Gomes is a social worker, advocate, and entrepreneur. She's a native of Fayetteville, North Carolina, who calls Memphis home, and she credits it as the place that grew her as a professional. She is with Youth Villages, and she is currently the Assistant Director of Clinical Services for the Rose Center for Girls. Prior to this, she served as the Regional Manager for Memphis Foster Care and West Tennessee Adoptions. In 2020, Lakeisha was recognized by Volunteer Memphis as the Volunteer Administrator of the Year, followed by recognition from Memphis Business Journal as a 2020 Superwoman in Business. Lakeisha also serves as the Executive Director for Beautiful Spirited Women, otherwise known as BSW, in our episode today. Beautiful Spirited Women is a nonprofit of dedicated women empowering and advocating for girls. And if that just doesn't bring a smile to your face, then I don't know what will on this Tuesday morning. So, without further ado, we're going to go ahead and get into our conversation today with Miss Lakeisha Gomes of Beautiful Spirited Women. Welcome, Lakeisha. How are you this morning? Thank you so much. I am doing well. How are you? I'm pretty good for this Tuesday morning. Awesome. Can't complain. Can't Not complain. No. Um, I have a a vacation coming up, so I'm counting down the days to that. So I am, you know, getting all that work before I yes. put on my out of office. Vacation is a must. I just came back from vacation, so I just turned my in office back on. Oh, well, I'm more excited for mine than you likely were to turn. (laughs) Maybe maybe not, though. I don't want to assume here. So um, I want to get started by telling our listeners a little bit about you personally. So you are not a native Memphian, correct? I am not a native Memphian. So um, I like to say that I am not a native Memphian, but I am a Memphian at heart. So I am originally from Fayetteville, North Carolina, mm-hmm. born and raised, a military brat. Oh. Um, and I actually moved to Memphis the day after I graduated high school. So nonetheless, I've been coming to Memphis all my life. My family is here, so okay. I spent summers in Memphis, every single thing, and then I moved to Memphis. Um, and interestingly enough, I did not think that 
Memphis would become home, but Memphis has become home. And so I tell everyone all the time, I am the 910 girl that moved to 901. I love it. That is so clever. I did not even realize. Okay. So first off, thank you for whoever in your family was um, military for their service. Um, And you are a chosen Memphian, which is frankly, no hate, no shade. I'm a native Memphian. So anyone listening who's a native Memphian, don't come for me. But like chosen Memphians are kind of, I think you'll have a little bit more clout because you chose to come here and you chose to make it your home. So what was, you said your family was here and you came, you moved the day after you graduated high school. So yes. what made you move to Memphis? Um, family, family support, wanting to be around family. Um, but nonetheless, again, being a fresh high school graduate, going off to college, I have these big dreams, all these fancy things that I'm going to do in the big house and the picket fence and all of that. All but nonetheless, things. none of that, none of that happened in that capacity. Okay. I went off to college, went off to grad school, um, and by skill, trade, and God, I am a social worker. And so my work definitely kept me in Memphis, um, has had me in Memphis. Um, I've moved a couple of other places just a year or two um, while in grad school, but it's always brought me back to Memphis. Um, And that's what my work is. Like, that's what my work is, my heart is, my passion for advocacy for children um, through my work, through community service. Um, I also serve in my sorority, also serve in my church. And so all in all, that passion of advocacy as a social worker has kept me in Memphis. Um, I love Memphis. I believe that Memphis is a hidden gem. And unfortunately, until you actually come to Memphis and experience it for yourself, you really won't understand the hidden, the hidden gem portion. Yeah. Um, but now that I am a super adult um, <laughs> and have been in Memphis nearly um, 20 years now, Ooh. I don't know that I see myself living anywhere else. Um, I, I love that, too, because I do think there is something that's hard to put words around. And yes. I do think, I mean, I think when we try, it does look a lot like that soul and like the heart and the grit. And there, it, there are all these like catchphrases for what is so special about Memphis. But yes. truly it is felt. Definitely. It's, yeah. It's hard to like put words to what that is. Um, so tell me a little bit about how you landed and wound up in social work because you have your... Your undergrad is in sociology, right? And then you got your master's in social work. So you had a little bit of direction there. You had a little nudge in that direction. I'm laughing because um, I am that cliche social worker. Okay, so what I mean by that is... I always knew that I wanted to work with children and families. So I always knew that. But my depiction of working with children and families was watching all those Lifetime movies of my mom and all those little babies were like disappearing at the hospital. So in my mind, (laughs) social work was, oh, I help the families get their babies back or I help babies be adopted. So, and that was in middle school. So that was my depiction of it. So where I'm from in Fayetteville, um, I grew up where our high schools all had social workers. 
as they were a little bit different here, you know, yeah. you have a social worker split between schools. Yeah. Our high schools all had one social worker. So shout, shout out to Jean Thomas. I am friends with Miss Thomas on Facebook still to this day. That was my high school social work at 71st High School. Um, and she showed me a different avenue of it. She showed me a different avenue of helping families. Um, and I actually went to school with some families that had tragedies. And she showed me the side of connecting resources, the counseling side. And so I didn't see uh, just the family side and these adoptions or even what some people think of, oh, just truancy and behavior. I saw the resource and I was like, oh, I, I can do that for sure. Like I can get a kid a home and then I can get them a resource. So I was like, oh, I could definitely do that. Um, and then so I moved to Memphis. Um, I was on my way to UT chat and shout out to my cousin, Christopher Carpenter. He was like, hey, just come on down to Lane College with me. And literally in July of 2022, I mean, 2002, I changed my mind and said I was going to Lane College. I was The whole time I was going to chat. And I went to Lane with him and I um, majored in sociology, just getting that whole perspective of systems. So I knew in my heart, I still wanted to do social work, but I also knew that I needed the foundation of systems and how the human, um, not just body and mind, but human as a whole fits into this this need of connection and this need of um, resources and belonging outside of just families and what that looks like, you know. Yeah. Um, and so that's where it was birthed. It was literally birthed in middle school and as I was more exposed growing up. Um, and I continue that passion and I was very, very fortunate. I tell people all the time that my work is God. Like, yes, my degrees um, and my credentials are man, but my passion and my talent is all God. Um, and after I graduated, I went off to Wash U. I spent a year in St. Louis, came back to Memphis again, mm -hmm. um, and I finished up at UT Knox. Um, and God gave me my job at Youth Villages. And my job at Youth Villages was what? Working with foster children and adoptive children. And so it was like a full circle aha moment from sixth grade thinking, oh, yeah, I'm just going to get these little babies. And I'm going to, like, <laughs> get them a mama and a daddy. And they're going to have a brother and a sister. So we're, like, literally, like, my first job as a social worker, wet behind the ears, knowing nothing was foster care and adoptions at Youth Villages. Wow. Um, and I spent 12 and a half years doing foster care and adoptions um, at Youth Villages until September of 2020 when I transitioned um, to work um, with our girls in congregate care. And so I was able to then transition that passion to work with those girls because what a lot of people are not familiar with is that we have children in congregate care and in group homes that also need foster and adoptive homes. And so I was ready to continue my passion, continue that work, but advocate in a different avenue of that population of children that people assume that they do have family that they're going to go to when they leave, and they don't. Um, and so to this day, um, that is what I'm doing. I am still advocating for foster and adoptive homes for children but not necessarily directly in our youth villages foster care program, but in our residential program, working with young ladies ages 7 to 17. Um, and so it just, it, it fuels me. Um, I have this little joke where um, I talk to God and I just be like, like, you tripping a day. Like, you want me to go to work and do that? Then you want me to serve the community? Like, hold on. Um, but I love it and I wouldn't trade it for anything. 
Hey educators, are you pouring from an empty cup lately? Through New Memphis Stride, Memphis early career educators get time to fill their cups. Here's one of our five-star reviews. The programming surrounding self-care gave me a foundational understanding of the habitual changes I can make. You truly can't pour from an empty cup. I feel that so much of our job asks what more we can do for students, but Stride gave me a space to grasp what more I can do for myself so that I can do more for my students. Feel like you could use a mental refresh? Apply for the next Stride cohort today. Visit newmemphis.org stride for more information. I love that the Lifetime movies brought you in, first off, because as a as yeah, a fellow watcher of Lifetime movies, I'm not entirely proud of that. But it but so my question is to a lot of people are daunted, even if you like start with a passion for what social work could be. And like like you said, like have rose colored glasses and what oh, I'm going to help all these people and it's going to be so neat and tidy and I'm just going to button up these things and fix everything and have clean solutions for all these problems. When. OK, well, this is like a two part question. So okay. like, when did you realize, I guess, with your social worker in high school that it was different than that? But then what also made you stay the course and not be like deterred from being like never mind that's not for me like yeah it's messy but like I still want to do it okay so that is a perfect question because my staff asked me that my interns asked me that and I I'm a transparent person Mm -hmm. it is not peachy creamy it is not all roses um it will take a toll on you personally so so to to, I'm gonna answer that maybe in two three parts so the first part of it was um I was a foster care counselor um, and I worked with kids that had family and then I worked with kids that needed family. So, okay. you know, I was, it was twofold. So yeah. never at one time where you work with one or the other, it could always be twofold. Okay. Um, and I will never forget. And Lord, I hope I don't cry now. I will never forget. It was, um, 2009 and I worked with a young lady and, she had so much passion in her. She she had a natural sparkle in her eyes. She wanted so much more for herself. Um, she loved her family. Um, her family was very, very supportive. But she was literally a kid that, gosh, tragedy happened and I fell through the cracks. Not because I didn't have family. Not because I didn't have teachers rooting for me. Not because I didn't have people there but tragedy happened and that tragedy hit her and it hit her family so now I'm looking at a baby with no resources I can love you all day long I can't always feed you I can love you all day long I can't always clothe you I can love you all day long but I cannot always provide a roof over your head and I will never forget I cried I cried and I went to my boss's office and I said something gotta give Like, we can't keep doing this. Like, we can't think it's okay. And I have been fortunate that me expressing my passion to that level, I had leaders that were willing to take me under their wing to also show me the not nice part, the the ugly part of child welfare, how the policies and the politics impact it and how the funding impacts it and the things that when you're only staying the course of wanting to counsel, which we need that nothing is wrong with that, yes. those are things that you may not know. And so I was fortunate um, that I had leadership that was like, oh, she got a little mouth to her and she wants to 
ruffle a couple of feathers. And so as I learned more about child welfare policy, um, and I was always the one that, like, I wanted to know more than what I needed to know. So now I was never nosy, like, oh, what is Anna doing? But we- I was more so nosy, like, that don't make sense to me. See, that's what we like that to call That policy I, doesn't, add, that doesn't add up to me. And so I yeah. use my strength in that capacity. Um, and when I saw loopholes, I said, listen, if I'm going to fuss and cuss and make a big deal, I'm going to make it for a reason. And so that's what kept me, of course, knowing that there needed to be change. And not just that I could not be that change or make that change as a counselor. I knew that, hey... I have to take this big mouth and this big voice and I need to use it in other arenas. And that led me to leadership. I never wanted to be in leadership. Like I never wanted to be anybody's boss. I never wanted to do any of that. I just want to change the world and change it from the capacity of policy, funding, all of those things. Um, And in all transparency, I definitely hit lows. I hit lows in my career where I cried because there was nothing else I could do for these families. There was all, nothing yeah. else I could do for these kids. Um, and I cried, and I was just like, God, you playing with me now, right? Like, you you, you said, if I do what I'm passionate about, I never work a day in my life. I'm, I'm working, and I'm crying, and I'm praying. Like, I need you to meet me at the hem of your garment because <laughs> I don't know what's going on right now. Um So that and then I had to, I tell everyone, when I take interns on, I tell them it's not going to be fun. Um, It's it's not going to be fun. No pressure, yeah. I'm going to get in your business. Um, And that is when I learned to also take care of me. I learned to be more in tune with my body. What you need. My mental health. Um, I learned to understand that what I thought was just fatigue was stress and depression, you know, was anxiety. Real talk, real talk. So, yeah. you know, I learned that and I have been blessed to have connections in family, connections in friends, and connections in church to support me through that. Yeah. So I didn't have to be shameful to say, boss, something going on up here, uh, it's really not adding up. I need the day. You know, so I had those supports and that's what I tell people. Um you can't do hard work. And, and hard work for me is social work, nurses, doctors, frontline staff, um, oh, yeah. police officers. You can't do hard work until you have hit rock bottom and you know that you got to take care of you and what that looks like. And so being in tune with myself, being in tune with um, what, you know, makes me mad, but then also preparing myself to go in that meeting and advocate in the story. Yeah. For me, even if I can't change it on this meeting, I advocate to I can't advocate anymore and I advocate until I, until it's not changed. And then you have to also know when to pull back. Um and so learning those four components, learning how what really impacted the field of social work, what really impacted child welfare, because that's my passion. You know, there's different capacities of social work, but child welfare is my passion. So really learning that. Then understanding what I needed for myself, understanding what that looked like as a whole for me spiritually, individually, um, having open conversations with my PCP, 
then understanding what I did not have control over and I had to be okay with walking away with that decision, but then also understanding how I could take that situation to then help impact the next kid, the next family. Yeah. And so, and, and it's ongoing and it, it, it's not a fix. It's a journey. And, yeah. and I have to come back to that even now at 37 years old, I have to come back to that. The same thing that I had to come back to at 25, I have to come back to it. And so, you know, I'm very honest. Hey, I'll hit rock bottom again. I'll cry again. And I'm going to push again. But that is what has kept me going, being transparent, being honest and understanding and you have to understand these families you have to understand the children um you have to understand the people on your team we're not against each other we're all on the same team but you may be education you may be medical and so in 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 respecting all of those disciplines and understanding that i could be passionate all day long that doesn't make me right yeah and how do i work on this team to make what's right for this kid to make the best solution for the greater good. Yeah. But you just said so much that I like really resonate with that. Like knowing when to step up and when to step back. Like that's a huge lesson. Again, that's like a daily thing. Like knowing when to like really pop off and when to know when it's not going to do any good. Exactly. And so I just think that's really interesting. I love how you've taken the passion and harnessed it into the policy and like kind of channeled that but knowing that just because you can't help everybody all the time doesn't mean you can't do something right oh because i'm because i'm gonna fuss oh yes i'm gonna so i'm gonna make a fuss about my kid so that's the thing is like knowing that it's not an excuse to not do anything just because even if you can't eventually change the policy but but maybe you can like you said maybe meeting by meeting you can chip away at those policies and eventually change it um so talk to me a little bit about beautiful spirited women and your role there huh this is another like aha full circle like god moment okay so uh, in order to talk about beautiful spirited women i have to even talk about how it happened um so crystal clark chapman is our founder our yes. founder and ceo so shout out to mrs chapman um for her passion so interestingly enough crystal and i went to college together um we knew each other in college but it was a high and by it wasn't yeah. like a sister girlfriend like we're going <laughs> to the party together it was nothing like that it was okay. just like oh my gosh she's nice like hey girl hey Literally. You do you, I'll do me, whatever. Literally. Um, And years later, um, this is when I was back in Memphis, um, she posted on Facebook something along the lines of like, hey, if you want to do something cool with some kids, like meet me at IHOP in Whitehaven. So, uh, and so this is when Facebook is still fairly new. Mm -hmm. So you're not like DMing and texting and my goofy behind, I just show up at IHOP. You're like, yeah, that's literally. What, that, I show, that's I, what she said. I'm like, well, I never had any issues with Crystal. She wasn't messy in college. Like, it has to be something good. Like, girl, just, and I just showed up at IHOP. So that's literally how it started. Um, <laughs> Crystal had this vision to always come back home in Memphis, in Whitehaven, to mentor these young ladies, to um, have imprints in their lives. So cool. So I go to IHOP. I'm like, hey, like I have I have a passion for kids. Like I could do a little something like whatever. Um, And in that IHOP, she laid it out there and you could hear the passion in her voice. You could hear what she wanted to do and how she wanted to change these young girls lives. And my silly behind. Hey, sign me up. Like whatever. So um, not knowing that at, at the time I was signing up to. 
um, yeah, work with these girls, right? Yeah. I did not know that in 2022 I would be the executive director. Like, that was never in my plans, clearly. Um, so that is, I have to always tell that backstory to even begin to tell about Beautiful Spirited Women. Um, and so Beautiful Spirited Women, we are a girls mentoring group. We mentor young ladies as young as age 14. I mean, as, as long as age four, as old as age um, 21. Okay. And our goal is to mentor these young ladies in low-income areas of Memphis. Um, we started in Birth and Whitehaven area um, to be able to um, mentor them, right? Okay, cool. Well, now we're going on 11, 12 years later. What we have to do the, more yeah. than mentor. What we does have that to, look like? We now? have to impact. We yeah. have to. We have to acknowledge that they are dealing with mental health. We have to acknowledge um, that they are still coming from broken homes. We have to acknowledge that they are experiencing trauma. Um, we have to acknowledge they're experiencing bullying. Um, and so, from what was going to be mentoring, and I'm going to come to your cheerleading, and I'm going to come to your soccer games, and I'm going to be your support. System. Turned into. Yeah. Um, a God movement, to be honest. Um, so we we had this vision. Crystal was like, hey, I want to get these girls together like once a month, have these powwows with them. You know, cool. And and those powwows turned into somebody has inappropriately touched me. Those powwows have turned into I never knew that I could be a hairstylist. I never knew that I could go to college. And we're sitting at we're sitting at the church, Mount Pisgah, shout out to DP. Um, and we're sitting at the church. And I'm thinking that we're just gonna, you know, we're gonna pass this bucket and you pick a topic. And before we know it, they're crying. And we're praying over these babies and we're speaking life into these babies. And then I'm just like, oh my gosh, I hope her, I hope her mama is okay with this. I mean, because you never know where parents lean. Yeah. You know, and I'm just like, I'm not trying to be offensive, but oh my gosh, like mom's coming back in like two hours. She's with me. Like, what do I do? Yeah. And so it turned into that. Um, and so from there, our mission went full force to we want to impact children, young ladies and women. Um, and we want to impact their lives and we want to change worldwide what that looks like for them. And so that is where we then went from just our young ladies to our young adults to age 21. Um, and since the conception, we have been able to of course, provide that direct mentorship. Yes. We have been able to link families with resources. Mm -hmm. um, Your specialty. <laughs> we have been able um, to honor young um, girl entrepreneurs from the Memphis area and surrounding areas. We've been able to help plant seeds and them to start their um, programming um, when it comes to women in our community we have um, we were blessed to actually offer a FedEx um, $500 grant startup business um, and that we actually granted that to um, which everyone in Memphis probably knows now Megan Good um, of um, Goodness Gracious Cookies um, and so Megan was our first award recipient of that we have um, giving out scholarships. Um, one of our scholarships went to one of our first babies that went to Laloya in um, New Orleans. And she actually just graduated two Saturdays ago. Wow. With her bachelor's. And so it went from there. It went from, oh, mentor can be more than just that. Mentor can be, I'm connecting you with other small business. Mentor can be, you are a 16 year old who likes singing and we have a 21 year old in our group also. And so it went to that. And then we went to having um, 
what we called our small groups per se. So we had our cupcakes in a group. Our cupcakes were our 4 to 12, and then we had our teens in a group. And we had this curriculum of topics, and the curriculum were birthed two visions. Um, volunteers that work with children, so they have specialty and insight of curriculum needs. And then also things that parents and our participants identified. And then so okay. we built curriculums from there. So then girls were introduced to etiquette, how to uh, properly set table settings. They were then introduced to public speaking, scholarship writing, essay writing, wow. um, and what that looks like. Um, all types of things. We brought in puppet shows to talk about um, sexual abuse. And if and if someone inappropriately touched you, how can you safely tell someone? And then it birthed to, hey, our volunteers need to be trained. We need to be trained in trauma-informed care. We need to be yeah. trained on how to identify abuse and what is a safe way to, to deal with, these to deal with it yeah. and connect them. Um, and then we came to the pandemic like everyone else. So uh, we have all these partners in Memphis that let us use their churches, let us use their buildings. Okay, well, now you have a pandemic. And I'm like, do we know what we're doing virtually? Okay, Did so anybody? I mean, I'm like, hey, we're going to join the whole virtual world, and we're just going to, hey, we're going to go in there. And we took the summer situation <laughs> on the road, basically, and we continued programming virtually. Okay. We continued programming virtually, um, and I was like, oh, these these kids are really, like, logging in at 10 o'clock in the morning. Okay, let me get my butt up, because I, I'm going to be honest, as, as a leader in a small nonprofit, the, the volunteers are looking at me, and I'm looking at them. They don't know I'm looking at them like, girl, I don't know what I'm doing either. Like, yeah. what does this look like? And so it, it, it became, a, it became a beautiful thing. It became a beautiful thing. Um, and now... We have birthed our cohort. So our cohort goes June 2021 to January 2022. Okay. So it will have the same concept of some of our small groups that we had previously, our old school language. Um, and those young ladies will not only continue to be mentored, they will now go through that cohort of Saturday meetings to hone leadership development, to hone, Ooh. to hone their, what is it that they want to do? Is it trade? And we need to connect them yeah. with cosmetology. And so we have a whole curriculum. Um, it, it's our cohort leadership. Love that. And we have a whole curriculum of different things. So public speaking, all of those things, they're all things that we've done before, but now we're on a platform to be able to do it in more detailed one-on-one -on -one with them. Um, we have been blessed um, in 2022 following the pandemic. We were able to bring back Girls Explosion, our We Can BSW Girls Explosion. Um, that is actually our biggest event of the year where we bring girls from all across Memphis. We have girls that come from Clarksville, Atlanta, Nashville, everywhere. Wow. And they come for the day. Um, and we are at Fairly High School. It's every May. We're at Fairly High School. And so we were down about that during the pandemic. Because we couldn't do that. Yeah. Um, that event allowed us to also reach girls that may not be a part of our everyday programming or right. ongoing. Um, so we were down about that. We were sad about that. Of course, we still did a little drive through to recognize our young ladies and things of that nature. Um, but the feels that it gives and the support that it gives those children and families. Um, and so we were excited to be back at Fairly High School. Um, Fairly has supported us. Um, day in and day out with that, providing that place um, 
you know, that location. Um, and it's it, it's important to us because they're in the dead heart of White Haven, giving back to where we birthed, where we started our conception of working with um, young ladies from low-income areas. Um, and then BSW has also poured into our volunteers. Um, we have now had three volunteers that have been recognized as Superwoman in Business yes. by Memphis Business Journal. Um, we have also been able to support our volunteers. We have had several that have published books. Wow. Um, we have also had several that have been able to continue their own small businesses outside of their nine to fives, working Monday through Fridays. Um, and Jeez. so we have makeup artists. We have um, we have a doctor. Um, wow. Back to the vision of BSW, she operates her her family practice in Whitehaven. Um, and so BSW, what Crystal saw as a vision to support these young ladies, um, I don't think she ever thought that it would impact the community the way that it has and that it would impact those that volunteer. Um, and then one thing that we love to brag about is, hey, we introduce our young ladies to community service. So when we get out and we feed the homeless, we're bringing them with us. They help us. When we get out and we're cleaning parks, we're, we're bringing them with us. And so that was the thing. Let's mentor. Let's do community service. And so to just see how a vision that Crystal had um, to work with this group, these babies, these young ladies, how it has not only, again, impacted the Memphis community. Yeah young ladies it has packed at memphis women and then it has also packed it young ladies across uh, the united states we we have babies in atlanta we have babies in los angeles we have babies in nashville i was about to say yeah y'all are in 12 cities i think no, exactly that's um, insane that's wild and, and then who would have ever thought that it would birth the first mission trip where we took a group of girls to paris last november um, and so definitely kudos um, to Mia Lopez, one of our brand ambassadors, um, for being a chaperone on that trip and um, providing the avenue for that trip to have taken place. And so our babies were able to spend five days in Paris in this past November. Um, and it was eye-opening for them. They were able to learn about photography and international photography and what that looks like. They learned about different levels of public speaking on an international sector. They were able to tour the American University of Paris and learn how they support exchange students and what that looks like. And so, again, who would have ever thought that all of those things would come to it and um, the lives that are touched and how even us as volunteers, not only have we benefited from a personal standpoint of support, but then again, in our work that we do on our nine to fives, those families and children that we work with have also been able to benefit from either BSW or what BSW has poured into us that we can now pour back into them. Absolutely. Um, like that, that kind of exposure too. like you can think of for like you said, the initial goal and like idea was just a seed and to like see it all turn into like this crazy, wonderful garden of like everything, like the exposure to all the different sectors and 
ac- like skill sets and just knowledge that these women and young ladies are um, having the access to because of BSW is just, it makes me so happy. It really does. Find your happy with New Memphis Embark. Work-life balance. Do we know it? As young professionals, finding our happy place in Memphis as a person and as a professional in our careers can be overwhelming. That's where New Memphis comes in. Through the New Memphis Embark program, you'll get acquainted with the city we call home, learn to maintain love and enthusiasm for your career, and elevate your skills, even while on the clock. Let New Memphis reinvigorate and amplify your love of living and working in Memphis. Find your happy with New Memphis and apply for Embark today. Visit newmemphis.org for more information. Um, and speaking of exposure, y'all were a, a Nida One Day Exposure Org, I do believe, back in the day. So, um, uh, always, always I mean, a very popular organization yes, table. Yes, definitely. I mean, it's just, I, um, I know Crystal gets all the feels and the chills, and all, I, I know she does. We talk about it all the time. Um, but I get all the chills and feels too, and I pop myself on the hand because I always say, "God, we want us to be doing all of this. What you doing today?" Like you know. Mm-hmm. But um, I love it. I, I love it for our girls. I love it for our community, and more importantly, I love it for our world. Um, you know, and it's just—it's crazy. You know, you said it perfect—a seed. Um, and just I'm sitting here thinking like, seed. And this many supporters, and then we went to like we 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 weren't doing it for for Memphis Business Journal. We weren't doing it for Choose Nine Hundred One. We weren't we weren't doing it for Memphis Grizzlies mentoring. Yeah, but it's literally the connections that support us to do what we do, you know. And so we're grateful. We've had a good good phenomenal year. Um, being a part of Memphis Grizzlies mentoring as well. I mean, we've had a phenomenal year, you know, working directly with Memphis Business Journal and Aaron Moore, she keeps us on our feet. Um, You know, we've had a phenomenal year with, um, you know, Joyce Cowles in Memphis, Shelby County Schools. Like, there's so many people that I, I know I'm missing everyone that have done so many things even behind the scenes that, like, no one even knows about. And some of those things are simply the phone calls. Some of those things are just the emails like, hey, I ran into one of your girls in the community. Like, y'all are doing it. And people don't realize, like, sometimes that's the oomph that you need. Um, and then just to be fortunate to, um, again, do the dirty work. Like, there's something about me that I like to make a fuss about these children. <laughs> uh, you know, and I, and I love it. And then just to think in 2022... God has now allowed us to now have a board of directors. Like, that's amazing. To the point where I'm just like, okay, I can't keep up. Like, hey, I'm just, I'm gonna catch up. I can't keep up. I, I just catch up. I love it. Wow. That is, I mean, the thing about the support system and the connections really hits home for me because that's something that we always say at New Memphis is that like we're trying to, you know, transform our city through the power of connection. That like that's really, it matters so much. And how, you can be all woven together like a tapestry too. like every individual's 
strand is great, but together you can be so much more. And so that's what I really love about the whole story of you and with BSW and how it's just grown so exponentially and how our city has come alongside you and been like, yes, yes. We love you. We need you. Let's do it together. Let's let's keep it going. Let's keep Definitely. growing. Like that just It's almost how we talked in the beginning. It's the culture. It's the grit and the grinds. Like like you said, like those are all terms and people outside of Memphis may be like, what are they talking about? But you get here, you see it. And you don't just see it through our sports. You see it through organizations. You see it through um the pure passion of our young people and people wanting to pour into our young people and pour into our city. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's all of it. It's like it wraps you in a big hug in that way. It's like the warm feels. So, who is eligible to participate in BSW? So, I'm I, I glad I'm glad that you asked that question. Um, Cause we don't limit. Oh, we don't you we don't you, limit. You, so, when it comes to our participants, our yes. young ladies. Um, literally ages four to 21. Okay. Um, and we are, we are kind of looking to get back a little hybrid. Um, we definitely always take into consideration families. We understand, um, families, um, concern with COVID, with pandemic. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, on the heels of school shootings, um, we understand parents' concern. Like, can I can I still leave my kids with you for four hours? Yeah, at a church, I get it. I mean, it's, um, so you know, we're still hybrid. So, yeah. so with that, it still affords the opportunity for virtual opportunities for all of our young ladies, from Memphis to Chicago, from Chicago to New York, from New York back to LA. Um, with that capacity, um, when it comes to our volunteers, um, same thing. Um, of course. More so with our volunteers, we do have criteria, background yes. checks, things of that nature. You know, um, I'm a firm believer of, hey, I, 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 I don't care that you want to work with someone's kids. I'm responsible for making sure that you can work yes. with someone's kid, you know. Can we talk um, about that just a little bit? Uh, definitely. D- okay, definitely. I'm going to put a pin in there. Go. And- um, so our volunteers can, um, and we have, you know, on our website, um, one thing that trips everybody up, disclaimer, <laughs> when you go to our website, beautifulspiritedwomen.org, Everybody always sees just join or sign my girl up. Okay. So, th- so that's our one link. So you just click on that. So even if you're not signing a girl up and you want to be a volunteer, you still would click on that and it'll route you to the second page and you just scroll all the way down and it'll say star volunteer and then you sign up there. Um, so, yeah, so, that, so that's the biggest thing. So for it's young ladies, yeah. 4 to 21, for our people that want to volunteer, with that, that one, and, and, and when I say volunteer, hey, I, I may need you to um, go to Kinko's and pick up 200 copies and stuff envelopes. Like, our volunteer is not all pretty. It's not all glitz and glam. It's not all I'm getting you dolled up for prom. It's it, it's not that. It, it, it It's work. It's it's unpacking sandwiches for the homeless. It's I'm, I'm ripping and running after work to go pick this up. You know, so I like to be very honest about that. Like, we are working um, in that capacity. Um, and so, yes, it's... It, it's there. And then we do have people that say, well, I just want to donate. I want to donate journals. I want to donate $100 for back to school clothes. I want to do this. I want to do that. You know, I don't necessarily want to sign up to 
do these things ongoing, you know. Mm -hmm. And they can do that on our website also. On our website, we have links where people can choose that their donation goes to particular things. Oh, that's nice. Or they can give a general donation, and when it routes them to our PayPal, they can put in the memo what it's for, school supplies, general donation. Um, And I am also proud to say that to this day, None of our donations go to any of the volunteers. Our volunteers are not paid. It is all volunteer. Yes. Nobody is on paid staff. Um, and so all funding that anyone ever sends, any grants that we have ever received, um, we are very clear to to make sure that that um, individual outlines how that monies are to be spent. And that is how we spend those monies. So when we recognize our volunteers, that is all personal donations from our ladies. So our ladies love on each other. If we say we're going to have a luncheon and everyone needs to donate $20, that is not coming from our girls. We, we never take away okay. from our girls. Um, so, yes, everyone, everyone, the girls, the volunteers, everyone, literally. I love it. Um, but to go back to your pin of working with children. So I'm probably going to step on a couple of toes. That's all right. Um, speak, speak some I, truth. Do, I, I'm I, ready. I, I do it. Um, um, and, and, and I'm and I'm not doing this from a malicious place. Um, people have to understand two things. Um, maybe three things. <laughs> you see how I said that? Maybe three things. Maybe, maybe you, yeah. When you want to work with children, you have to identify what your work with children is. What does that look like? Okay. What I mean by that is I am very passionate about children, mm-hmm. love children. I am not equipped to stand in a classroom. I, I understand that. I know that. Some people think, oh, I'm a teacher or, oh, um, I was a social worker. I can go be a teacher or, oh, mentoring is just going to blow bubbles and we're going to McDonald's. They're not going to have any behaviors with me. No. So you have to be honest about yourself. And I'm saying that from a standpoint of advocacy for children. Yes. But again, from a, from a transparent standpoint. You need to be I, real. I am going to get, I'm going to, I'm going to get down and gritty with those girls. I, I'm going to do all of that. But when it comes to children, my strength, my passion is advocacy. Advocacy comes with a little bit of admin. You got to be following up on policies. You got to know who you're voting for on the ballot for Shelby County Juvenile Court. You have to know those things. So so in, in that respect, that's my duty to acknowledge that. I can't be out here just signing up saying, oh, yeah, I'm going to do the field trip. I'm going to go to Six Flags. I'm going to do all the fun stuff and, and not be prepared to understand, okay, well, when I get to Six Flags. What happens then? Yeah. And what comes with children. So yes. people have to understand different capacities of working with children. And again, that is coming from someone that I love children to death. But I understand the capacity in which my strength lies and me working with them. I'm going to go play all day long with them. But now when it comes to some certain things, I'm not the person. I'm not the one. And I think as adults, we have to understand. Um, we have to understand that, but we have to also be receptive to that. Just because I can parent a child does not necessarily mean that I can mentor a child. Just because I can mentor a child does not mean that I am equipped to go to that school and, and be that sub. Like, we have to be honest about those things. The other thing that, that, that we have to be honest about is um, we can't be offended. Um, these 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 um, new children, that's what I call them. These new children, um, 
they will tell you, Miss Lakeisha, you look bad today. <laughs> and they're not being, they're, they're not even saying it disrespectfully or even with the attitude, you know. And so we have to be prepared to understand that these are not the same babies that our parents raised. These are not the same babies that our grandparents raised. And um, the same way that we want to be respected as adults, we have to understand that, hey, we we have to be able to give respect to our children. Yes. That doesn't mean that they are um, alleviated from correction. I'm, I'm, I'm all for no. correcting. Yes. Um, and I'm all for correcting in the moment. I'm definitely not the um, gentle parents. I'm all for correcting <laughs> in the moment, okay? So, but we but have respect. to also model that mm-hmm. uh, and what that looks like. And then also, um, you can't be offended when you say that you want to work with a particular population, a particular age, oh, I want to work with girls, I don't want to work with boys. And then those that specialize in that area see something different in you. Because we can be passionate about it, we really can be, but that really may not be our strength. Working with girls may not be our strength. That's so interesting. It It might be working with boys. Okay, cool. Working with girls may not be your strength, but you might be the foot soldier when it comes to community events. So you can still be a part of BSW. Yeah. So you may not be the one that has the strength to come up with the curriculum and facilitate two or three sessions, but that does not mean that you are not equally a a part of this team and you do not equally bring a different strength to that team. And so I always tell people, um, be open to that. Like, you have to be open to that. Um, And it's not just with, working with children in the capacity of community service. Um, I, I have those conversations. When people tell me, I want to be a foster parent, I'm an empty nester, and I want to grow my family. You do not foster to grow your family. You foster to provide a home for a child. And so I challenge people on that, on their thought process. Well, yeah. no, that's not really what I meant. Okay, so let's talk about what you meant. So when, when people say... Because your words oh, matter. Your words oh, Lakeisha, matter. Oh, I want to join BSW. Y'all, y'all have so much fun stuff. What about BSW you want to join? You know, I, I, I do it in those capacities. Or even when people, you know, I have friends that have organizations. Oh, yeah, I saw so-and-so does this. What about that population interests you? What about that population of kids interests you? You know, and so, again, as adults and as professionals, we don't need to be offended when people are asking us those questions. Yeah, you have to be able to take an authentic look at yourself and of your strengths and weaknesses, like you said, and know that, I mean, it's not for everybody. Oh, and understand these these babies will hurt your feelings. Yeah. You, it's not oh, going to be, I mean, and if you, you think you it's think all. You think you're the best yeah. auntie in the world, and they're like, girl, bye. <laughs> they, they're about to take you down a few pegs. Like, I mean, so it's just, I, I think that that is a necessary conversation in not only in this conversation, but in the larger sphere of volunteering generally and mentorship generally, I feel like there is a misconception about the expectation that an adult can provide. And I think that if everybody went into it with a little bit more discernment, that it would yield better results for everybody. Agree. I think that, yeah, keeping those expectations real is can only do beneficial things Agree. for everybody around. So I only have a few more questions. So um, what is your hope for the girls and the women of Memphis? Um, my hope for the girls and the women of Memphis is do not limit yourself. Do not limit yourself. Um, and when I say do not limit yourself, 
um, don't assume that you can only do this. You can do A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Don't limit yourself to think that. Don't limit yourself um, to think that you can't have it all. And so for a young lady, don't limit yourself to think that you can't be a cheerleader, you can't play basketball, you can't also be on the dance team. Don't limit yourself. Um, don't assume that, no, I, have, I only have to pick this trade school or this trade. Hey, you want to do hair and nails? I want you to not limit yourself and know that you will be the business owner and you will employ a barber. You will employ a hairstylist. You will employ a nail technician. Um, you want to go to law school? What more can you do with your law degree? Don't limit yourself. You can be a lawyer and you can have a practice. You can be a lawyer and you can work for corporations. You don't have to do private practice. You could be a lawyer and you could work for a hospital. And so that's what I always mean when I say don't limit yourself. I am a firm believer that as a woman, we can have it all. We do not have to choose to have a career or be a mom. We do not have to choose to have a career or be a wife. We can have it all and we can say, hey, I worked this week at five. I'm going home to have dinner with my family. And I always tell all of my girls that, um, the girls that I work with in BSW and the girls that I work with at work, when they say, oh, Miss Lakeisha, I'm just going to go to school and I'm just going to, why are you just going to? So I challenge my babies on the language that they use you can have it all and you will have it all. Um, and then the next thing is, and not limiting yourself, don't compare yourself. Retweet. That is so Do not compare yourself. Um, it's the thief of joy right we, there. Um, we, and I'm saying we being human people by default, um, we often share the pretty things on Instagram oh, yes. and oh, the yes. pretty things on Facebook. But we're not sharing when we are down and out and we have cried our face and we have cried to sleep. We are not sharing, oh, my anxiety got the best of me today and I question my abilities as a woman. Um, and I'm not even saying that people have to share those things if they're not comfortable. Right. I just don't want our young ladies and our women of Memphis to feel like I have to compare. To someone else's you highlight are, You are only comparing and competing with your last goal. So now what do you do next on yes. your next goal? And your goals are your goals. They don't have to be big. If you don't want to be a business owner, but you want to sell to a business, that is your goal. Your goal is equally as big as a business owner goal. And as important, as, yeah, as yeah. valuable. So don't, don't limit yourself and don't compare yourself. I love that. We need all of the different aspects that every woman and young lady in Memphis can bring. We're, we're only as strong as it, and you need to be surrounded by women that are better than you. Get that out of your head that you have to be the best. No. If you are the best, you have now reached your ceiling. You need to now go before and find the next woman that has done something more than you so that you're always growing, you're always evolving. And when you're always growing and always evolving, you know that you don't have to limit yourself. That continuous learner mentality, too. There's always something you can learn. I love it. 
Well, um, I think that is just about it for today. But thank you so much, Lakeisha, for joining us. And I'm so excited that we got to spotlight all of the wonderful organizations here in our city that have supported and come along beautiful along beside beautiful spirited women in the past few years and I cannot wait to see what the future holds thank you so much I I mean we love it we appreciate it um we appreciate the support of New Memphis we appreciate the support of the community um hey and we're not done we're not done if you see one of us it that's all of us we're not done and we want to continue to work and impact our community What a wonderful episode, dear listeners. I hope that you learned a little bit more about beautiful spirited women and all of the other ways that you could potentially volunteer in our wonderful city right here in the 901. So we have a few end of show announcements to leave you with before you go on your way this Tuesday. We have events on Thursday, June 30th, July 14th. We have speed mentoring on July 21st. And we will round out our summer experience with a power hour on July 28th over at Grind City Brewing. And you can learn more about ways that young professionals and collegians can get involved in summer experience by heading over to newmemphis.org slash events. And you will see it right there. And whoo. Um, I think that now would be a wonderful time to remind you that New Memphis is a local nonprofit and we cannot do it without you. So if you like what you hear every week on New, on uh, Meanwhile in Memphis, uh, if you've participated in any of our leadership programs or if you've attended any of our community engagement events, these are all made possible by our sponsors, our funders, and by you and your generosity. So I encourage you to give to New Memphis. Um, give with your heart. Give generously to the things that you want to be around a lot longer. Um, and your generosity powers our programming. So I, with that, I will leave you. Um, and I hope that you have a wonderful Tuesday. Bye. This week's episode was made possible by our friends at Independent Bank. You can learn more about them at i-bankonline.com.